thing this thing is um probably gonna stay around for two weeks until the wife makes me shave it for pictures. I thought you said you were doing Thanksgiving pictures. Thanksgiving is next Thursday. No, we're doing pictures the week of Thanksgiving. So next week. So one week. Yeah, my math is great. (laughs) I just, like for a minute there, I thought you had more than that, and I was like upset. SMRT. 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 I learned it. All right. I already hit record, so Jerry, do you want to do a little intro here? Um, yeah. You want me to do the... You do it right now, man. Just organically write us in. Sounds good. Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome back to another edition of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. We're coming off of two very tough losses to two very terrible defenses in which our offense did terrible. I think I said terrible enough times, and we're going to move on. Basically, what we're looking at this week is we're looking at the Miami Dolphins who are on a hot streak with a young quarterback in Tua Tungalova. Nope. So we're going to go ahead. No? Not even close. Nope. Tungalova? I mean, Tungalova? Tungavailoa. Tungavailoa. Oh, I missed a consonant in there. Okay. You, you, you missed a whole syllable in there, buddy. Tungavailoa. Tunga, tunga, Tungavailoa? Yeah, that's it. Okay. All Tua. Tua. All right. So, okay, yeah. So, all right. Don't even restart. Don't you're not restarting this. I, no, no. You're just gonna not let me even uh, no, fix going. this. Weird. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, Tua, Tua is going to uh, have a uh, interesting game against a defense who's been struggling without a uh, a defensive coordinator and Donatel who's still out with COVID, still in the hospital with COVID. So we have a lot to talk about this week. So please sit back, relax, have a drink for us, and enjoy another edition of the Orange Weekly Podcast. Beautiful. Because yeah, Jared definitely needs another drink. Yeah, he's uh, Yeah, boy. Let's see how many times we can get it to pronounce, get him to pronounce it a different way. I also don't know if you noticed, but I was very proud of myself thinking I said it right. No, you you had that. You you thought you had that. You were like very clearly convinced that you were like, yes, I've got this one. And you were starting anything here before anything happens. Jared, what was the score of our fantasy game last week? I don't want to talk about it. Oh, that's too I don't want to talk about it. But it's not as bad as freaking David down there. Like, Oh, he's, you know, for all the crap he talked about, I went 0-2 to begin the season, and I'm yeah. doing pretty well now. And all yeah. the talk, crap yeah. he talked, and now yeah. look at him. It was real yeah. easy when I was 1-0 and riding high, baby. Now it's 2-8, <laughs> I think, at this point. Yeah, uh, and mm-hmm. firmly bringing up the rear of the league here. Four consecutive uh, losses. David. Yeah, Four. yeah, absolutely, wow. absolutely. Took it, took it on the chin again this week against the auto draft team, who, by the way, has Brandon Jacobs and got to play the Broncos. So he had two touchdowns. And, Brandon Jacobs. Yeah, or, I'm sorry, Brandon Josh Jacobs. Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Oh yeah, Man. yeah I, I think we've both heard right there. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. I, I, right. No, that's, that's fair. Um, yeah, I went, I went like 2004 New York Giants there for a second. Sorry guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Josh Jacobs is on the auto draft team, and he just uh, he had a week. This yeah, week, as we all as we all got yes, to see, did. I also had a week against Jared. Let me tell you, man. My, yeah, he did. Ben Roethlisberger, Kamara, and DeAndre Ooh. Hawkins. I'm telling you, the Ooh. last ten seconds of that game, man, it was like boom, ten points, boom, ten. He points, he destroyed points. me. He destroyed yeah. me. And yeah. All right, perfect. Yeah. Well, now that we got that out of the way, Tua Tagovailoa, <laughs> Lola, and uh, the Miami Dolphins. 
Is it going to be another shit kicking, boys? Well, I'll tell you, Jared. I think maybe retired the word "terrible" a little bit too early in the podcast because <laughs> I feel like we're going to have to use it some more tonight. Uh, oh, yeah, we'll pick synonyms: awful, yeah. atrocious, mind-numbing. Jared's mustache. There you go. That's I love that. also I, a very good synonym. So, um, <laughs> so here's here's a quiz. Quick <laughs> quiz for both you guys. Last last week we were thirty first overall in offense. What are we this week? Thirty second. Nope, still thirty first. Last oh, week boy. we were thirty second overall in special teams. Where are we sitting? Thirty second. Definitely thirty second. Oh man, it's bad. Thirty second all year. And who's all number year. one in special teams, Jared? Do you have cool. that by any chance? All right. Well, where are the uh, Dolphins? Because I thought it was the Dolphins. Give, give me a minute, and I bet you can find out. Most the Colts okay. at ninety-one point nine. Okay, Damn. and then the Broncos wow. at forty-one point four. They are a whole fifty points. Oh, <laughs> oh it's, it's real sad. <gasps> oh, it's real bad. The Dolphins it's, are uh, middle of the pack in pretty much everything, like eighteenth right. special teams total defense. Okay. Like the total defense are twenty-first. They don't play like it though. Like no, boy, that unit is like firing. They are they're on the rise really too. Oh, That's yeah. the thing. They're they're up on the upswing. I think as their offense has kind of figured out how to play with two other defense has really been taking hold and helping them to not only stay in games but like win games. Well, it's you know, right. Brian Flores, man, coming from the Patriots school of football. You know, he's running that similar kind of system. Uh, he's brought in really good players. Uh, you know, through free agency and even the draft, like notably Xavier Howard. Byron mm-hmm. Jones, two big free agents. Kyle Van Noy coming in from you know his time with the Patriots. Shaq Lawson was another big free agent. Uh, you know these are players that like they were stars on their teams, and you know they brought them all together. And usually when that happens, it doesn't look very good for a while. But this year, man, Flores has got his defense like I don't know. They look legit. They're fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think it's very much a team, a young team. But, you know, you've, you've mentioned those veterans in the secondary there. I think that helped. And really along the defensive line, too, um, I think that helps them so much. Um, knowing what Brian Flores wants to execute, having expatriates like Vanoy come in and immediately just know that system. Um, right. Playing a lot of cover zero, just like they do in New England. Seeing a ton. Um, sending they're, built more from the, uh, they're built from the secondary down. A lot of teams yeah, build from absolutely. the and go back. But the, just like the Patriots, you know, when they signed Stephon Gilmore and they've they signed Darrell Revis before and they've signed Aqib Tlaib, like they've always gone at Ty Loth, we want to go way back. They've always gone after like really good corners. And same here. He's got Zamian Howard and Byron Jones and drafted. I'm not even going to try his last name, man. I'm going to sound Ig- like Jared. It's Igbenogany. It's, it, that one's easy. Igbenogany. Thank you. you Noah Igbenogany. Jared? Uh, I've been Wow, right, Ooh, this is this is upsetting. <laughs> this is border. You should try, You should you should see me do a hockey draft when oh, I God. when I'm in an NHL hockey draft. Just imagine how I pronounce names of all the Russians <laughs> and the Swedens, even the French Canadians. It's not mm. going to be real easy. No, it's uh, amazing. Yeah, Darn I bet. French Canadians. So so here's here's my question now. So we're talking about this game. We're talking about how they're building from the secondary down. They they do a lot of really cool blitz packages. Uh, you know, uh, David tagged me in something on Twitter that uh, showed me 
some of the kind of movements that they have on the defensive line. You really don't know who's coming, who's not. And then they end up sending everybody. They, they drop back a couple. It's really hard to read pre, pre-snap, which honestly, this is going to sound terrible, but it probably works out better for us because we're not good at reading pre-snap in the first place. So <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's going to change. It's not going to change much. So, but, but this is what's going to happen too. So with that being said, are we going to try to go back to what our strength is and go back to the run? I mean, we'll see. The def- Dolphins' defense is overall 21st on uh, as far as PFF rankings go. Um, but I think they really match up pretty well against us, um, especially in the passing game, no matter who's at quarterback. And we'll get into that a little bit. But, it, you know, we – I think, you know, it's kind of a broken record at this point. But establishing the run is super necessary for, I think, to have any chance of winning this game, no matter who's playing at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of sad to say that we have to go back to our strengths when we should be sticking with our strengths every week. But, hey, we're not oh, you know, NFL coordinators, so what do we know? But effectively, like, Philip Lindsay needs to be the focal point of this offense. Like, Drew Locke, man, like, I still believe in him. I, th- I still think he's going to be a great quarterback once he gets more experience. But every week, man, he just seems more rattled. And now, you know, he's hurt again and again. This is getting a little shady. Like, you know, something needs to change for this playing style needs to like adjust so he can keep himself healthy. But I think that starts with Philip Lindsay getting the ball. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and we've yeah. talked about it in length uh, on the Tuesday Night Live show. We've uh, Kevin and Tanner talked about it pretty well uh, to listen if you want to listen to the pregame or the postgame podcast. Um, they, they talked about it in pretty depth. We need to feed Phil. There's no reason we shouldn't be feeding Phil. There's no reason that even. When we, I don't know. There's no reason we shouldn't be giving the ball, even if he's he's uh, the third guy on the depth chart for whatever reason. And I'm not I'm not sure where that lies. There's something going on behind the scenes that I probably don't know about. Uh, we probably don't know that, what, what's going on back there, but that we got to get the ball back to our running backs and go back to what uh, what we're used to doing and what we're good at. Which is apparently something because we haven't seen it in freaking weeks now. Right. Yeah. We haven't yeah. seen it since the Chargers game. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, and honestly, they were they were trying to abandon the run game in that until Philip Lindsay broke off that uh, that big touchdown to start bringing us back in the game. They were trying to abandon it. So I don't know. I, I do. I get that the spread offense is nice. I like that Pat Shermer wants to run a spread offense and try to get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. But I think two of our main playmaker playmakers are in the backfield, and Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. And that's what we need to get the get the ball to. And their main playmakers are in their defense. Playmakers, right? Yeah, so yeah. Playmakers. I may have had a drink or two. All right. <laughs> I think that could be a. Re- I think you could revolutionize several positions with that term, playmakers. It's like play-makers. you know, play-makers. maybe it's like an Isaiah Simmons comes into the league and he's not. He's not a linebacker. He's not a safety. He's a playmaker. What do you think? He's a playmaker. There's playmakers and then there's playmakers. playmakers. That's right. Right. You know what I mean? I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna make an orange weekly T-shirt that says uh, playmaker. M A C K E R S. M A C K E R S. Oh man! Yeah. The soon to come Orange Weekly merchandise store with all Jerry's yes shit with on all it. of my sayings. Yeah. The other one, the other one that's going to be a hot seller is we are not mathematically eliminated. That's the other. That's the other big T-shirt we're going to sell in the Orange Weekly store. It's going to be great. You should just slap that on your flag, man. Just call it out. <laughs> Guys, we're still in this, all right? We're still going. We got this. We got this. <clears throat> we're good. We're good. Anyways, anyways. Um, it, again, like the big playmakers, playmakers, however we call it, for the Dolphins are really in the secondary. Honestly, veterans across the board, young players as backups. Um, you know, this is a hard team to pass against. 
even to run against. Kyle Van Noy is pretty strong. And Andrew Van Ginkle, I hear his name all the time. Every game I watch playing on the, uh, uh, you know, the, the weak side between Shaq Lawson. Like, they, you know, they play different fronts uh, ranging from 34s to 43s to 33s. They're very hybrid oriented, just like the Patriots. So, you know, outside of Philip Lindsay, do you see that there's a strength anywhere we can manipulate? Jared is just crying right now. So, as, a, as, a, as an offense, as an offense, and we, we've seen it week in, week out. If, if we can really dial in, and if our quarterback can really dial into this offense, it could be dangerous, but we haven't seen it and we haven't been able to see it. I still think, no matter who the cornerback is, whether it's Xavion Howard, whether it's you know the best cornerback in the league, I still think that we have a good chance of, of de- defeating uh, defensive backs with Jerry Judy. I think Jerry Judy has the ability to break ankles and, and get open no matter who's covering him. I just don't think we're really using him as a first read yet. And yeah. I still think we're using him as a second, third kind of downfield guy. And that's that's what we're going to use. So, But again, I don't want to throw 41 times to try to find that out. But I think that's ultimately if we can figure that out eventually, whether it be this season, whether it be the beginning of next season, that's what's going to do us in. Two years from now, four years from now, when you drop yeah, the eight, quarterback. Eight or nine years from now, eventually we'll get someone to cover a tight end too. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man, Mr. Optimistic. He's finally cracked for the year. Every year, man, there's a cracking point for Jared. Yeah, for sure. Found it. It's week 11 <laughs> against the Dolphins, like, Fuck this, fuck that, man. It's all garbage. <laughs> we all suck. Um, but no, we don't. I think, like, I don't know, man. Like, the Dolphins aren't invincible. Like, they're on a hot streak. No. They've won, I think, five in a row right now. Um, their defense is playing well. It, you know, I don't know. Listen, like, I love watching the Dolphins play. I think they really show up in every game they're in. They're super underrated. Um, I even tried to pick up their defense in fantasy to play against Broncos. But no, somebody beat me to it, so... Pretty upset there, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. On the other side of the ball, their offense, uh, you know, right. it appears to be still a young, a bit of a ragtag group, but somehow, man, Tua has found a way to win his starts in like a kind of, yes. you know, not not a very clean, flashy way, but, you know, keeps the ball as safe as possible, makes the right throws. You know, this kid's a winner already. And, you know, he's not blowing offenses away or any or defenses away. He's not oh. blowing people away or anything right now. His that game against the Rams was much more to do with how their defense played against Jared Goff as far as wins go. Mm-hmm. Um and he I think he played well against the Chargers. He in you know he's shown things already that he did he did well in college. Some of that stuff's already translating into the NFL for him. Right. But he's also not quite there yet. And I think this this side of the ball is definitely an advantage for the Broncos. Um, you've got a Vic Fangio coach defense. And again, we mentioned Ed Donatel earlier. It sounds like he's out of the hospital and home now recovering, um, which is very good news. But yeah, just the fact that he had to go to the hospital in the first place, you never want to hear that. So very good to hear he's recovering. Um, Hopefully he's, you know, obviously thoughts and prayers from our podcast and all the listeners go out to him. Um, But yeah, not having him there again, it sounds like this week, probably, um, I think even then Vic Fangio is going to have something really well cooked up for the young quarterback. Um, mm. you know, we saw him take care of business against Justin Herbert. Uh, I think we can expect a really tough game plan from, from Vic Fangio. Yeah. 
I agree. I think, uh, you know, young quarterbacks, man, they always struggle against really seasoned defensive coordinators. And I like, again, and we talk about this week after week, but still like the Broncos defense is the number three unit in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like even after last point. week, which even is crazy because let's, week. let's be honest. There was a breaking point for them too, at the end of the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And that's really where it kind of started getting out of control after three or four interceptions, three interceptions at that point. It, it kind of, it kind of got out of control. This defense is still good. And the other thing I want to mention about Tua his last name uh, is that we we uh, he's still young. He doesn't have a lot of starts in the NFL. We don't have a lot of game film on him as an NFL quarterback with the guys that he has. And I do think Vic Fangio can be that first defensive coordinator to really find out what his nick is and what it is that's going to make him uh, not do as well as he normally is. But you're right, Matt. He's a he's a ball control quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's someone that makes the easy reads. He makes the easy throws. They they control the clock very well, which makes me think this game is going to be so low scoring because we're going to bend, not break, right? They'll get a couple first downs, get down to maybe the 40. We stop them before they're in field goal range. We get the ball back. And then we go three and out. They get the ball back. And then they, you know, and then the same re- rinse and repeat. Uh, I think this is going to be a low scoring game for that reason. I think Vic Fangio is going to find out what makes to a tick. I, you know, I, I really hope so. I mean, it'd be cool to watch that happen, uh, have Tua have his first bad game. Um, but, you know, like, they, they beat the Rams defense, who I think, again, it was, you know, the Dolphins defense really took control of that game. But the Rams are still a very, very good unit. Um, you know, they beat the Cardinals, too, who are, you know, outstanding yeah. this year. They're from yeah. Kyle Murray for MVP, possibly. Uh, and then they beat the Jets, who they shut out the Jets, actually. which is We beat hard. the Jets, so, uh, you know. Even the Broncos beat the Jets, man. Right. Even the Broncos did. But it's this is a good team, a very, very good team. But I do think Fangio has an advantage here. Um, okay, so on 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 the Miami defense, just let's bring it back here, full circle. And the Miami defense was a player uh, that that you really you worry about the most when you look at this unit, David. Oh, gosh. I mean, you want to go Xavier and Howard, um, obviously, but I look at a guy like Shaq Lawson, who mm. is really coming on this season. Um, he is a really steady-edged presence there, uh, and I'm really concerned about his ability to impact the run game, especially. Um, you know, if they bring him inside against Lloyd Cushenberry... Uh, that's going to be a matchup nightmare. I mean, really anybody against Lloyd Cushenberry right now is not a favorable matchup for the Broncos. But the way that, uh, you know, they're coached, they can find the best players to bring pressure against him on any given down. And I really think they are going to use Shaq Lawson in that capacity. Um, But wherever they rush him from, I think he's got a good chance of getting inside and and disrupting plays early. So they've really got to keep an eye on him. Yeah. Jared? I think it's Kyle mm-hmm. Van Noy. I, I think he's he's an issue, especially if we are going to stick with this spread offense, try to you know give whoever a quarterback is, which we haven't talked about yet, and I think we do need to uh, the ball um, to to throw around. I think he's going to be an issue in the pass rush. I think he's going to be an issue in the passing game, and uh, that that's who I'm looking out for is that in that middle is that is Kyle Van Noy because he can really disrupt a lot of things he could play interior defensive lineman he could play linebacker and that's that's a dangerous combination mm-hmm. for a playmaker playmaker for sure i'm going to pick another guy on the defensive line because i do think we should talk about uh the quarterback sitch in a second um but i'm picking raekwon davis he had a fantastic game against the chargers 
uh, he's a big nose tackle. And again, somebody who, you know, paired up with Shaq Lawson up the middle against Cushenberry against Glasgow. Uh, if he's coming off a hot game against the Chargers, he could probably take this momentum into this one. He's 6'7", 312 pounds, FYI, FYI, a very large human being, very large. So let's flip it on yeah. the. Uh, no, I was going to say that's a good point because let's be honest, when we're talking about our offensive line, and obviously we're on our like sixth string right tackle, just fifth string right <laughs> tackle at this point, but I, I do think a lot of our offensive line troubles start from the middle in, yeah. in our rookie, Lloyd Cushenberry, and he hasn't really come into his own yet. I still have hope for him. I do oh, think yeah. he will eventually come into his own, but he has been getting picked on a lot. And Ooh, you're right. I, the, and those two guys are going to try to demolish him, and, and these guys. These guys know this defensive coordinator knows that that that's where our weakness is, and they're going to try to send the pressure right up the middle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's flip it then on the the Broncos' offense. Okay, like at quarterback, Locke is clearly hurt. He's got a, a another kind of injury. Is it? It's not his shoulder this time, right? Is it just core? His ribs? It's ribs. No, it's yeah. his ribs. Yeah. yeah. They didn't uh, call it bruised ribs. They just called it like tender, right? I think mm-hmm. that's what the the term. I think he's got called. a. I think he's got a muscle strain. They confirmed today. There's no fracture. So right. yeah, um, oh, good. so what's, yeah. is he playing? He has to, I think, at this point, you know. Probably, um, but you know, it's the kind of thing with rib pain where, like, you can give it a shot and see what he can do, I'm but sure you can also end up accidentally puncturing his lung, maybe. Right. Uh, you know, or you know, even in that scenario where you give him a shot. You know, if he gets hit again in that core area, and there's a pretty decent chance he will. that he's gonna, you you've got a high high risk of reaggravating the injury or causing a new injury there. So I, you know, I would kind of expect them to err on the side of caution. I would expect him to definitely be trying to play, um, but I, you know, we've seen Coach Fangio be a little bit more conservative with injury and not rush guys back this this season. I think that might be what we end up looking at on Sunday. And here's here's what I'm worried with that is that uh, there's so many people in Broncos country that are calling already calling for him to get replaced with Brett Rippon. Mm-hmm. Rippon didn't do that good when he played the one <laughs> game for him. No, uh, right? I yeah, mean, we, we won that game though, didn't we? It was the Jets game. It was Jets. Yeah, but yeah. but look, I I don't know. I don't I don't think it's time to call for. So here it puts us into a situation where now Brett Rippon does come in. Say he plays decent, we may win, we may lose this game, and now Drew Locke's coming back healthy. Where does this put us in a situation where what are we going to do? But I think I think you're right. I think the health comes first. Sit him for a little bit. Let him rest. Let him get his time in. Um, and the other thing I want to mention, too, is something that I think that this this is really an issue with Drew Locke is I don't think he's reading film correctly. I don't think he's really mm-hmm. going through his reads. I don't think he's really understanding what he needs to be doing when he goes into the games. And I, I still believe in Drew Locke. I don't want to go on this tirade without to saying this. I still believe Drew Locke's our guy. I still believe he can get right. Um, but this week, I think today, they decided that all NFL teams are going to go to basically mission essential only. All meetings and stuff are all going to be virtual. Uh, obviously, practices are gonna, still going to happen. So I don't know how that's going to affect him. But I do think taking a week off is going to help him more than it's going to hurt him. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully he can he can stay healthy. But I don't think going to Kyle Rippon is going to be what a saving grace here. Like that's definitely not our saving. Yeah. No. No. You know, I mean, the only reason you should go to him is if Law can't physically play. But otherwise, like, yeah, he he might have had a, a an okay game against the Jets, but so has everybody. It's not a good measure of success. And I don't know, man. Like, I, 
it's hard for me to really get why the hate's all there for the Broncos because, like, Broncos are the only bad team in the league. I mean, sure, they, they might be, uh, um, you know, underachieving, perhaps. I get it. But, you know, we, we've listed the excuses for weeks now. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's a young crew. I think it's just it's been spoiled for so long with, with you know, especially Manning most recently and being a top-tier franchise and then dropping so quickly. Uh, you know, it is what it is, but let's look at the long run. I, I still believe in, in Locke. And, I mean, if he's not well enough to play, he shouldn't. You know, and, and that's just it, right? It's part of the game. There's already a third of the roster that hasn't really played or been injured all year. So, you know, it's not like it's a, a whole, you know, something surprising for, for the Broncos. But um, say he does play, all right? Like say he's good to go and, he, and he's on there. Who's uh, who's somebody on the Broncos offense who you think can really take advantage of this game and, you know, maybe show up and be the leader in something? I'm, I'm going to take this. I, I hope it's – I hope – it's Philip Lindsay. Yeah. I hope we go back to trusting him. I hope we go back to believing in what we have in a running back of Philip Lindsay. Don't get me wrong, he's not perfect. He's not like our saving grace. He can't catch to save his life, but no. uh, in the run game we can get him going and and anytime we do get him going in the run game, our team rallies around that. So as far as leadership goes, that's what you want. Yeah. Get someone who's motivated who's going to run his hardest every single play whether you're down 30 to nothing or you know you're up 30 to nothing. So that that's, I think, who I want to see get a lot of carries. I want to see him get going, and I want to see him get that motivation going back for the offense. And especially if Drew Locke's playing, because he also builds on that swag. Like He plays better when he has that little bit of, like, you know, Drew Locke swag that he yeah, has going. Absolutely. And, I mean, I think Lindsay is a big energy for that. You know, like, I'm, I'm going to pick Tim Patrick for this game. I know he's going to match up against some pretty tough – cornerbacks we talked about them already but man when this guy's playing at his best he's pretty good and he's really been serviceable in this offense especially with Cortland Sutton gone so it it makes me sort of excited for next year when Sutton is back and you have Jerry Judy and Hamler and now Tim Patrick has really come together just you know more weapons to to go off of right Uh, so you know I'm picking him because I think that you know although Jerry Judy can carry you know the the majority of the first reads Tim Patrick is still somebody who like you know, goodness can, can really do that as well and, and provide that level of, of energy, you know, and, and the ability to right. make those catches. So uh, hopefully against a tough DB group, Tim can come through. Yeah. And I, I've been really high on Tim Patrick since um, basically since he joined uh, mm. the Broncos and I, I think he's a great receiver. I think he's, he's doing pretty well and he needs a bounce back game after getting to that fight against the Raiders. Absolutely. And speaking of really high, uh, David, who do you think on this offense is going to be uh Love it. I'm going to go with uh, KJ Handler. Uh, you know, he's a guy who's gotten more targets, uh, more receptions as the as the weeks have been going along. He's building a little bit more trust and a little bit more chemistry. I think you know from the coaches and it just you know from his offensive teammates as well. Um, you know, we saw him make a couple of catches against the Raiders that you know not easy catches to make, maybe thrown away from his body a little bit, uh, but he was still able to come up with some tough grabs. Uh, I, he's a guy with such speed, you know, game breaking speed that if you can get him isolated down the field and take advantage of that, that's great. But even underneath, you know, you can just put the ball in his hands closer to the line of scrimmage, you know, and you know, maybe and if you've got a soft zone or him matched up in man coverage on a short crossing route, just get to, get him the ball and see what happens. Uh, you know, I think it would be a big help to a young quarterback, whoever's playing. And so, yeah, I think he's a guy who could potentially have a really big game. Mm. Yeah, 
Good pick. Uh, now let's flip it. Let's go to the other side of the ball here. So, you know, on this Miami offense, okay, led by Chan Gailey. Chan Gailey. He's like 175 years old, man. Like, he makes Fangio <laughs> look like a young man. Like, he's been coaching for a long time. A lot of offensive experience. Um, you know, not somebody who you might immediately think of with a lot of NFL experience, but, man, he's been around. Um, now, with Chan Gailey and, and Tua Tungabailoa, they make a pretty nice duo so far. Uh, Tua really reminds me of like almost like Drew Brees in the Saints offense. Doesn't throw it deep, doesn't have the big cannon, but he's super accurate. He he makes the right reads and he's patient and and you know he's mobile enough to extend plays. Um, <clears throat> other than him, okay, who's a player on this on this Dolphins offense that kind of you know makes you nervous? You know that might go off in this game or, or might do some damage. I'll take this one first. Um, I'm going to go with David. Thanks, Matt. You're welcome. All right. I'm going to go with Mike Gesicki, uh, the tight end. He's got, you know, kind of that complete tight end game, sort of like Gronk, just not, you know, that elite level of talent. But, not as big, not as fast, not as strong. Right, right. But, but he can still Gronk. do a lot of good so things like at a high level. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks. Really, really appreciate your support there. Um, but, you know, an all-around tight end who can both block and run routes really competently. And, you know, we talk about it all the time. This Broncos defense sometimes doesn't handle tight ends that well. Uh, Darren Waller, I think we, we saw what he could do again Travis last Kelsey. week. Yeah, Travis Kelsey. All the tight ends in the division, really. Um, sure and Hurst scored on, on you as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, you know, I think if the Broncos can't, yeah, yeah. What what happened here? I just I'm tired of hearing all these uh, tight ends that are <laughs> doing very well against us. Have another drink, man. Just take another sip. Don't worry about it. Yeah, have Go a nice way. Yeah, so uh, I think we're going to probably add Mike Gesicki to that list this week. Is is the problem, Jared? So we'll have another one to talk about next week. Um, just if the Broncos can't contain him, can't keep him covered up, it's going to help this Dolphins offense a lot. Because you're right, Tungavailoa doesn't have that cannon arm, but if he can find Gesicki underneath in softer zones, that's going to be a problem for the Broncos' defense. Oh, and he'll probably find him there because that's where he's been finding him all year. Right. Uh, Jared, who are you picking for uh, for this offense? So I'm going to pay, I'm going to pick Devontae Parker. So their run game is not really established. They have a, a passing game in, in Tua, uh, the short stuff, the, the quick stuff. Um, I, I'm a little worried about the way that uh, we've been playing on the defensive backside especially in the last game towards the end of the game it was kind of a little bit of rough uh obviously callahan and boye being back is nice and callahan playing in the slot is very well very nice it's a well coached thing it's very nice to have um but i don't know if aj boye or bassey that and depending on who gets ojimudia might be getting the start on the corner as well um is going to be able to keep up with Devontae parker and Tua's accuracy and, and, and that's that's going to be my worry. I think that's going to be someone I'm going to be watching. And if not, I, I mean, not to pick two people, but on the opposite side with Hollins, uh, Parker does get a lot of attention. He is going to be a first read, but Mac Hollins is not a terrible receiver. And he has the capability of breaking it off. Uh, that's the receiving core on the outside is who I'm, I'm mm. most worried about. Yeah, I get that. Um, I'm going to pick a guy on the inside, though, Jakeem Grant, but I'm going to pick him for a different reason. He's the guy who returned to punt. For a touchdown a couple oh. weeks ago. And I think that, you know, as a receiver, he, he's more of a special teams player overall, but as a receiver, he's got that like handler speed exactly. He's yep. really, really fast, strong hands, and a low center of gravity. So he's hard to take down. 
but he's also a really dangerous punt returner. And with the Broncos, god-awful special teams. Just miserable. Like, it's like a hot, burning circle of garbage. You just hold but, your breath every time. Like you every see, It's like by driving by a dumpster. You know, you just throw your, like, shirt over your nose. You try to look away, and then hopefully nothing bad happens. But then Jakeem it's, Grant it's, comes around. Yeah, it's funny. We go we go three and out, and then we have to punt it, and everybody in Broncos country is like, shit. And it's not yeah. because we went at three and out. It's because we have to punt it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what we're actually stressed out about. So, Devontae uh, – sorry, not Devontae. J- Jakeem Grant is a player I'm looking for, but, you know, offensively, but also on special teams. Um, he's just very electrifying, and, you know, it is what it is. So, on the flip side, the Broncos defense. So, hold on. J- oh, Jakeem yeah. Grant is five foot seven. He's a little guy, yeah. He's sm- – well, who – there's got – is there anybody shorter than him in the NFL? There's got to be. I mean, you know what, Jared? You do that right now. Look it up right now and, and record Shortest back NFL to us. player. I, w- I want to find this out. I want to find Perfect. this out because five foot seven is small. And then me and David are going to talk about this upcoming game, okay? All right, cool. <laughs> so then, uh, David, on this Broncos defense, who, uh, who do you think can stand out and, and have a good game? Well, you know what? I, I – I... Took Bradley Chubb in my uh, in last week's team trends column, and it didn't work out for me. I'm doubling Chubb. down though. Uh, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm going for a double Chubb this Chubb week. Chubb for the. T- That's right. <laughs> uh, you know, this, what a great my, week, man! <laughs> when you get a double Chubb in a week, it's a great week. It's a beautiful thing, my friend. Oh, really? Um, they've got Austin Jackson playing uh, their rookie playing left tackle, uh, and he's not. You know, he's no Makai Becton this year as far as rookie left tackles go. Uh, I think it's a favorable matchup for Chubb. You know, I, I like I said, he's really been kind of a boomer bust player this 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 season for the Broncos. He has a couple of stretches in games where he's just like dominant. You know, two sacks, a forced fumble, then he kind of disappears for a couple of games. I think this is one of the games where he's got a you know resurgence. I think he's going to make it a little bit harder for Tungavailoa and that mm-hmm. uh, that Dolphins offense this week. Yeah, good pick, good pick. Uh, Jared, who are you taking? Did you find out who's the shortest player in the NFL? So, so Darren Sproles and uh, Tariq Cohen are both five foot six. So there you go. One, Darren Sproles is still short. playing. That's is he really? That's nice. He is, man. He, wow. Yeah. He, he's the still Eagles. an Eagle? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Wow. Dude, we talk about like Frank Gore being one of these old guys, like Adrian Peterson, but Darren <laughs> Sproles, man, has been playing football for a long time. Remember how sick he was with the Chargers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Didn't anyway. he play for them when they were in that dark blue uniform and that was their home uniform? I yes. feel like it was that long ago. At yeah, this it, was. it was. Yeah. Back when we were in, in uh, like, cribs and uh, rolling around saying Mama I mean, Dada. We were in ninth grade, so I was still saying Mama Dada, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, okay. Anyways. So on the defense, on the defense, I'm looking for AJ Johnson, or sorry, Alexander Johnson. AJ, Alexander Johnson. I, I'm expecting him to have a big game this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's been he's been playing lights out uh, day in and day out, and I think he's an unsung hero of this defense. He doesn't get the big sacks. He doesn't get the big, you know, the big plays. He, every once in a while, he'll get a big, you know, a big uh, stop, but. Uh, he's he's the guy that's consistently stopping run games. He's the guy that's consistently consistently putting pressure on quarterbacks and and making sure that the uh, the defensive line is doing their job. I'm looking for Alexander Johnson to have a big game this week. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. I'm picking uh, as we just talked about a few minutes ago, but Bryce Callahan. I love Bryce Callahan with the Broncos. Man, he has come together this year, especially he at has. that nickel spot. Uh, and I think that you know with with this game with this team. 
uh, he's going to be a very important factor, whether he plays outside or inside. But Bryce Callahan needs to be at his best just to stop those quick passes, to disrupt, you know, Tua's rhythm, to potentially get a pick, to you know, do something, make a big play, because he's, he's probably the best DB right now in the Broncos, arguably the best defensive player, I think. Honestly, he's playing freaking great. Um and then just as an update here, as I look at this roster, every time it blows me away. But there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players on IR. Like holy bonkers! And we're still and we're still in according to Pro Football Focus, the t- one of the top five defenses in the league. Exactly. And on this defense, so there's uh, four, five IRs, five outs. Right, guys who are just out, they're not IR, but out. And then there's four questionable players, and we're still a top three defense in the league. Right. So, man, Fangio is doing something right. He might not know how to call a timeout, but good Lord, he can coach a defense. <laughs> but, and, and I'll tell you what, so some of those outs are pretty important too. Like Shelby Harris is an out. Mm-hmm. We, we got rid of the IRs. Those guys, you kind of have to count them out, right? You, they're done for the season. They're gone. Yeah. But there's some big guys that are on the out list that have, especially the last couple of games. I mean, the fact that against Atlanta that we were missing two, our top two corners and our top defensive linemen, they were just gone for that game uh, was tough. And against uh, the Raiders, the same thing. Missing one of the big defensive linemen is just as a big hit to a defense who's already pretty thin. Yeah, and, and still performing well, man. If this team was at full strength, we'd be complaining about something else. Probably, yes. but it wouldn't be about the injuries. Uh, okay, so, I mean, that kind of rounds off the rosters here. Uh, you know, as we kind of move in towards the end of this, like, Jared, what are your, your final thoughts about this game? Like, what are you really hoping for, ultimately? My, my hope is, is going back to the rant that I had at the beginning. We need to come back to the run game. We need to establish the run game. Uh, Broncos country needs to stop caring that we run on second and ten because that's one of our, our – <laughs> strengths they can <laughs> run on second and ten that's fine you can run on second and ten the fact that you're getting frustrated with running on second and ten it makes me mad <laughs> here's what's I'm frustrating there. about it now here's what's frustrating about it now that that's one of the things we're good at is running on second and ten right. it's like because uh, we, we throw on first down and we get nowhere or we get sacked or we throw it away and then we have we run on second ten everyone's getting mad Okay, now I'm basically calling the entire Broncos playbook. I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think we need to get back to we need to get back to the run game, establishing the run. We can't just abandon it after one or two bad runs and just go from there. We have to go back to establishing the run. I want to see us going back to establishing Philip Lindsay as our number one running back. Uh, I do get that we have to put Melvin Gordon there for passing plays and for some run plays. I would even expect a 50-50 split. What we've been doing the last two weeks has not been working. And against this team who's built from the secondary, we cannot throw 45 times and expect to win this game. Not yeah. going to happen. Nope. David? Yeah. What, what are your final thoughts? <sighs> Man, it's it stinks to be 3-6 and six again. Uh, you know, I know it's there's a lot of different circumstances that surround these seasons. Um, and we've got a totally new offense trying to gel with each other and a new offensive coaching staff. But, the you know, the record is what it is. And it's tough to be here again. Um, we should be thankful, though, that we've got football to watch this season at the very least with everything going on. I think it's kind of important to keep that in perspective. Um, and there's always something to enjoy with this Broncos team. You know, I, I fully expect that they could be they could surprise us and, and pull out a win this week. It would not shock me at all because they're still a team with so much talent. They're capable of beating 
just about any team in the league, you know, maybe not the Chiefs. We'll get there. <laughs> um, the Falcons. Okay. Oh, um, suck on that, David. Yeah, I, I have suck to. It. I have to. You know what, Matt? I have to because that was uh, that was an awful game to watch. Um, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I, just, uh, yeah, I guess what I'm just uh, – I, I guess my, this is a very roundabout way of saying just stick with the team, guys. You know, right. Stick with it. Stay on the bandwagon. I mean, not on the bandwagon, but stay on with us. We're, we're going to be well, here. Jump on the bandwagon, man. It's like all five right. of us from Orange Weekly chilling. Right. That's right. Like, it's great. So. Yeah, come and have a party with us on the bandwagon. It's a super good time. Uh, you're yeah. going to love it a lot. Just Eventually we'll get... be on the top of the hill. It's just right. going to take a while. Right. It's going to take a little while, but we'll get back. We'll get there. You know, all I really have to say is, is, you know, you can't leave your team like this, of course. You can't do that. But ultimately, you know, this Dolphins team is very good. It's a strong, well-coached unit. And it's just another test and experience point for Locke in this young offense. Like, you know, they look bad right now. And I know we keep alluding to the future. We've been talking about the future for, for a while now, but this is the first time really in the three, four years we've been doing this. Like, good Lord, there's like, there's a crew to grow with here. You know what I mean? These, right. these are young players that are still finding their stride. They make good plays. Uh, they have flashes and, and it's going to come together. And I think this Dolphins game, Jared, I agree with you. Let's go back to establishing the run, playing more of a conservative offense, but in such a way that has it be like minimizing mistakes. You know, like Locke throws some stupid interceptions. You know, absolute bogus interception. Like, he just, if we can limit those, and now if we have to do that by like being a bit more conservative, fine, right? But like, it, it, let's just be look, let's just look organized this week, you know? Let's go out and like play some football, have some fun. Everything will be okay. We're all going to be fine. We're all going to survive, keep drinking, and <sighs> we're good. We're good. We're good. We're yep. good. Okay. So I have, two, I have two final points, real quick. Two Don't final points. All right. Take one it. of them, and, and it's, it's off of both of you guys' comments. The first one is, we are three and six for the fourth time in a row. Yes. But this is the first time, and, and we've been doing uh, Orange Weekly now for five years, so we've been part of every single one of them. This is the first time that I have been excited for the future being wow. three and six. I, I, every single time, every single time we're three and six, it's all about downhill. There's nothing we could look forward to. What else are we going to do? Who are we firing? Whatever. This is the first time that we're like, look, we have a young crew that, and just, and da- what David said, this is the second point. What David said, we have such a young group that at any given point, we could just light off. And, and the talent just shows when, when those people do it, which makes me come to that point where we're still not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. If we want to just continue pushing Ooh. for that. Oh, <laughs> speaking of, on to that point, though, did you see that today the Raiders have six defenders going the COVID list? Yeah. The, the upcoming game, six. Yeah. And they're playing the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Holy they're fuck. Done. If we could get a win this week and the, char- and the Raiders lose, it's just, you know, narrowing that gap a little that bit more. That much closer to playoff contention. I'm telling you, we're not uh, mathematically eliminated. But we're pretty close to it. So, All right, I am the highest person here, and I would like you guys to both come back to planet Earth. Please, please. I'm just saying, the Chiefs are going to dismantle the Raiders. That's, that's going to happen. Yeah, especially they're going to be pissed because the Raiders beat them. So the Chargers are playing the Jets, but the Chargers can't win ever about anything. They've they've like. They've lost, man. I think it was a stat. Like they're one of two teams who hasn't won a game by less of I don't know, whatever. Some stupid yeah, stat. Less than like, seven points, I think. Something like that. Like they just keep losing by these narrow margins. And just watch the Jets do it. They almost beat the Pats right. a couple weeks ago. Just watch it happen this time around. <laughs> um 
This with is on my radar with the Chargers. Okay. Uh, radar? This is new today. Uh, Justin Herbert got oh, a haircut. haircut? That oh, haircut. Haircut. oh my gosh, he looks even it younger. Shows more zits than the old. And he looks even younger. He, that. he really looks seventeen. <laughs> he looks younger than that. He looks like a thirteen-year-old boy, man. Bro, he was seventeen oh, five years. He ago. looks like he looks like he was in boot camp. That's what he, he was. Like. He was a thirteen-year-old boy less than ten years ago. Let's not get but it. his mustache is still thicker than Jared's. That's so. true. <laughs> Can we just okay? It's not that bad. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, yeah. So on that note, uh, yeah, the yeah. score predictions, Jared. Who do you think? Uh, well, who do you think is going to win, and, and what's the score? I think this is a low-scoring game. I think that our defense is going to be able to control Tua, uh, last name redacted, and uh, I think that we're offense is not going to be able to do what we want them to do. But I do think that both teams are going to try to control the clock. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, um, seventeen to thirteen. I think is my final prediction. Okay, David. And, and, but you didn't who? actually. Yeah, you didn't say who was going to win. Oh, Broncos. Uh, oh. Look, I, <laughs> oh okay. look, I don't. I don't go for anybody else in this in this podcast. This is probably why I've been doing so terrible since we started. Mm. <laughs> well, Kevin asked me in the group chat earlier this week if I could start picking the Broncos again because they lost. They uh, did finally lose. Yeah. And and I could. But I'm not gonna, because <laughs> I think this defense, this Dolphins defense, is going to cause the offense a lot of problems. Um, I think the Dolphins probably add a score on special teams or on defense at a certain point, uh, and I think it's probably something like I'm also going to go 17 is the score of the winner, but I'm going to go 17-16 Dolphins. 17 16. Wow. That's mm-hmm. a lot of field goals for Brendan McManus. Uh, that's our offense, baby. That's yes. <laughs> the top scoring guy right there. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, I don't think the game's going to be that low scoring. Uh, I, I still think that, you know, this is both offenses are capable of putting up points. Um, but I'm going for uh, the team that is on the hottest streak here uh, with five consecutive wins. I think the only team in the league with, a, 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 well, the Saints have won six in a row, and the Steelers are undefeated at nine straight wins. So then after that, it's the Dolphins with five straight wins. So I'm, I'm going to believe their trend keeps going, and I pick the Dolphins to win a score of 23-14. to 14. I think speaking, no field goals. Speak, um, yeah. Speaking of four-year streaks, the Saints have had a six-game win streak four years in a row mm-hmm. at some point wow. in their season. Just kind of a opposite side of that coin there. And and last year it was with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. This year Drew Brees might be up for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Collapsed long, right. broken ribs. Like he's man. And that then was they, a rough. That he looked rough too in that game. He looked for, and that's that's why you signed Jameis Winston. That's why you invest in your backup quarterback. Your team is only as good as your backup quarterback. Well, let's see how good he is. I, I, I don't stop rubbing it in. I, feel, I don't think I feel he personally uh, attacked. That's he what didn't. I told. We should have signed Cam Newton to back up Locke, man. I'm telling you, then we'd be rolling with Cam Newton and be okay. But you know, I'm just throwing that in for now. Kevin. We're living in fantasy land. Big time fantasy land. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, the man. only other thing I want to mention here is, uh, you know, where we're sitting. Denver Broncos are sitting in a in a tough spot. We got to keep with the team, keep moving with the team, and uh, I, th- I think we're going to do well eventually. But like David said in his final closing thoughts. Don't leave. We're here <laughs> to stay. The talking heads are going to ask you to abandon the team. We're not abandoning the team. We're here at Broncos country forever, and that, that's where we're going to sit. Get that talking head negativity out of your life. 
Yeah, yeah, I get that out of there. Okay, boys, uh, how do we always end this one? Go, Go Broncos. Broncos.